Welcome to Resistance Radio, a uh, Merc-focused podcast with a little extra love on the Leolis Resistance theme. I'm your host, Tommy, and I'm here with uh, Mate. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again. And the prodigal son of the Resistance Radio podcast, <laughs> Matthew Rawson. He has actually been part of the podcast from the beginning, but due to time constraints, um, he's a secret agent for the Utah government. Uh, he has been unable to join us for the last two times. Matthew. Good morning. <laughs> I like the secret agent part. Well, I'm yeah, going to go well, with that. Yeah. And we, you, no one can confirm or deny it other than me, and I'll confirm it to whoever asks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, spell lists and feats and what makes a great feat overcome a dead spell list on a caster and what makes a great spell list overcome a dead feat. Before we dive into that topic, I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about a game that we've played recently with a Merc caster or, or maybe a lesser known Merc caster and uh, just a, like not too long, maybe five or ten minutes on a battle report from each of us. And uh, let's who wants to start? I'm going to go with Matthew. Let us give us something. You, you've been doing the Damiano with the wrong eye and snap job build. How's that? Build? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm participating in this um, uh, COVID uh, vessel league uh, organized by uh, Tomas Tomas Mucha. So he's organizing that, and thanks for that. If he listens to this, it's it's great fun, and uh, I think it takes a bit of effort to do that. So I um, I'm participating in that one uh, with the Damiano one, uh, Damiano and Fiona. And Damiano in Irregulars and Fiona in, in Soldiers of Fortune. Uh, we've discussed the, the latter in, in the previous podcasts, and, and to some extent we've discussed Damiano list. Just to recap real quick, I have uh, in that I have a uh, Nomad, a Swabber, a Toro, a Silas, Boss McHorn with a Mangler, just to have that extreme swing if, if, if uh, everything goes right. James, uh, Rupert, wrong guy, Snapjaw, a full unit of uh, Idrian skirmishers with a chieftain and a guide, and two units of Kayazi eliminators. So basically, I um, I decided to fill this no matter what in the first round of the the league to 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 see how it how it performs and and to be able to talk about it a little. Um, I ended up uh, playing against uh, Chris uh, from the UK, and he plays Jaga Jaga. Uh, he also decided to play that in advance, no matter what, because he just wanted to test that list. He had uh, a Dracodile um, with Jaga Jaga. He had uh, two Meat Threshers, so three huge bases. Uh, in total, he had... Uh, so, so prime targets for um, that Mangler. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I was a bit scared because because of uh, of the shooting that he brought to the, the table. It's with size and importance. Those uh, meat threshers are really scary. They can they have a, a respectable threat range and their guns are pretty good. They get uh, bonuses against. Uh, large medium and, and large bases or large and huge bases it's not exactly the the rule that we're used to from uh, from it's the, it's the no it is the same rule right the volley fire rule 
Yeah, right, plus so one to, to attack and damage rolls for medium, plus two to attack and damage rolls for a large. I think it's even yeah, called the same a, thing. It is. Mm. It's, yeah, it's the same one as the volley gun rule okay. over in the steel heads. Okay. So that's what they, they do. And they can shoot D3 plus one, uh, which can be four. And against the, uh, against an, uh, an average jack, it's it can be quite deadly. It's It's almost... Sure that they will cripple something if you know they can bumble all their shots into one one jacks one one jack each. Yeah, so, three signs of importance. Pal fifteens are not to be uh, treated lightly. That. <laughs> yeah, three or good. four. These three plus one, so it can even be four. But let's say two. Yeah, I was just going with the two, average. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's quite heavy, and they can. Uh, clear out some infantry in the way too so yeah uh, they was they was they were scary and then the uh, the dracodile um, has a, a threat extension from jaga as well so yeah you have to be quite careful where to position uh, with your uh, most important things and, uh, and he also had um, a void archon of course uh, only one, though. Only at least one. Not two. Yeah, only one. Um, but at, but uh, he also had a, a forest in the center of the of the, of the board with an L-shaped forest. Uh, uh, maybe you saw that terrain in in Vassal. Uh, so he could just park the uh, the archon in that small pocket in the center of the board and do this yo-yo thing, move out, spray something, or uh, hit something in the face and then uh, teleport back. He also placed um, uh, scythe into that pocket, uh, which seemed quite dangerous and hard to to resolve because I didn't really have anything to see through the forest. Not much pathfinder either. Well, from infantry yes, but they can just butcher them without any, any issues. So. Um, yeah, it was quite frightening, but uh, what I did is that um, I uh, moved up my Toro uh, quite aggressively uh, in, in that area and um, uh, even countercharged into the forest, or maybe it was just running up, I don't know, but I wanted to be able to countercharge uh, uh, if anything moves there in, in, in the forest, like Scythe or, or, or the Void Archon. Or if or to just tie them up, basically, or 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 to countercharge the the battle engine because you can see them even if the, the forest is in the way. So <clears throat> that's that's what I did there, and um, I I managed to tie up uh, Scythe, um, who was about to kill uh, McCorn uh, back on my flag, uh, who was camping back there, but. She she got uh, she's got damaged by um, I think it was uh, um, what's what what's the name of those um, minion uh, cavalry um, scout Farid scout Farid scouts yeah oh, the yeah, snipers yeah yeah. The yeah, he yeah he had two of those as well and the first shot from one of them um, left McCorn on two two wounds I think wow <laughs> so, wow <laughs> yeah and, and I thought. She's way back. It's that that that's the only shot that um, threatened her because of the high speed from those guys. 
and she she was left on two. So from that point, I had to babysit her with a uh, with a swabber, and also try to to block line of sight to her. Uh, but of course, it's getting a bit uh, bit of a, a downhill battle when you when you're um, contributing two of your heavies to protect one of your solos. But try to find the, the, <laughs> try to find the, the 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 middle ground. And I was also hoping that. Uh, my feet can uh, can protect her a little bit uh, with the extra armor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I um, I saw uh, right after the first round that I won't be able, won't really be able to do much with the Idrians uh, shooting wise. Um, so I I just threw them at at uh, at him to 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 block somewhat and to cover some of the area where where the battle engines would want to go. Um, and then tried to tie tie up the the models that uh, could have cleared them, uh, which was okay. Um, okay. Even though she- I mean, these Idrians, we've heard legends about the Idrian chieftain that you brought this game. You like brought a broken one or something? Yeah, that that was uh, that <laughs> became, <laughs> he became a legend in the in the, in the following turn when. When uh, I threw them at him, and he he was near the near scythe, um, and my and when she moved up, my uh, Toro countercharged her and, and tied her up, so she couldn't uh, just uh, shoot all the Idrians to death in in uh, within 12 inches. So yeah, I I saw that they were they were close, and when uh, Damiano walked up to feet, I I saw that the he could see the Idrian chieftain in the forest, and I just tried to see, tried to check if uh, if he's close enough to the to Scythe to cover her with the AOE that Damiano can produce if he spends one focus. So, as I mentioned, it's an underrated gun. Uh, I told, oh, I, I said it is. in the in the last podcast, and uh, I said, well. Okay, I I said that, so I decided to spend his last focus, <laughs> very last focus on the AOE, and managed to hit the Idrian chieftain in the back in the forest. So uh, yeah, and the AOE clipped Scythe, killed her, and the chieftain survived as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not the most ideal situation you could ask for. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I was okay with just killing him outright because Scythe was so deadly right there. And she probably could have killed Damiano as well. I don't know. Um, anyway, so the, uh, the, the the chieftain survived and got such a such an adrenaline kick <laughs> that he decided to decided to charge the Void Archon on the other side of the forest. And kill him as well, <laughs> right yeah. there. Um, I could because because of the 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 things that were happening during the turn uh, elsewhere. I could uh, rotate the uh, the prey target to the void archon before that, and I also gave the Idrians um, death uh, death march. So it wasn't that much of a so a your lucky chieftains mat eleven against the void archon exactly with a pow fifteen up to eighteen because of the feet right yes and then it just rips things off the table yeah Ooh. yeah so the void archon just died yeah, I couldn't even spend his second attack and he was standing there like okay <laughs> give me someone else <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was really really the VIP 
the the sorry the MVP of uh, VIP, MVP of MVP. this. Yeah, he was all of it. <laughs> all of it exactly. Well, probably he got the VIP treatment afterwards. Uh, yeah, there you okay. go. The, the, the battle. He, anyway, he so was uh, we needed. Yeah, exactly. So um, I had to play Ronga and Snapjaw very, very uh, conservatively because uh, because of the threat ranges that he had, and I was afraid of the sprays from the Dracodile um, because he can just target whoever he wants, and then oops. Wrong guy is underneath it with zero fury. If I if I use uh, Starcrossed as well, so I had to keep them back, and uh, this way they could survive and join in the late game. Um, but yeah, so they didn't do much, but at least I had a backup heavy if if uh, if things go go wrong. Um, I managed to destroy. Oh, he also had. Uh, I forgot to mention that he also had uh, two units of. Uh, uh, Valkyries, the Feral Valkyries, so he had Shield Guards aplenty that also uh, interfered with my shooting from the Idrians, which didn't happen at all uh, after this, and uh, also the Swabber, so I was like, okay, I'm not shooting anything in this game. Uh, gotcha. So I managed to charge, I managed to charge uh, the left um, the left uh, battle engine, the, the Meat Thresher with the Toro, after moving him a little bit uh, with uh, Road to War, so he could see him actually, because uh, when he countercharged Scythe, he turned the other way, but I moved him a little bit so he could see the, the battle engine and then charge him. I couldn't kill that, but I could kill the, the one on the other side uh, with, uh, with the Nomad, who lost the movement to, shoot, to the shoot, to shooting from, from the exact same um, battle engine. But then with the uh, road to war, or is it road to war, or uh, yes. uh, okay? So with, with the road to war, I could just walk him up and uh, without charging. I managed to destroy the the, the other side, the battle, the battle engine on the other side, and um, and yeah, and from that point, um, I realized that I just had to keep Bosmacorn uh, on the flag and keep her alive, um, and also he. Somehow he ended up in the threat range of the Mangler with the left side battle engine. And yeah, it was a short story uh, after that. The Mangler just uh, charged it with P plus S, I don't know, 20 something. And I think he needed only two hits or maybe even one, I don't know. But uh, yeah, the, both both mid thrashers disappeared and I managed to charge the, the objective with the chains and uh, Two Idrians and uh, finished it off, so I won on uh, CP. Um, yeah, so it I think it, it went pretty well. Um, the list performed as as I expected it to perform, but the shooting was a bit frightening. And and I feel that uh, Rongai and Snapjaw is nice, but also it's really hard to to utilize uh, the Starcross spell on Rongai. Uh, while not dying, so it's it's in 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 this current meta we have so much more deadly sprays than before, and uh, also yeah. boostable sprays, spray tens, assault sprays, a plenty, and it's you know it's uh, it's tough to move him up, but also protect him because he needs to cast submerge not to get shot by just direct shots. That's one, and then three for a 
for uh, Starcross. So I'm thinking about later on to, to replace them, but uh, I've already ordered gas before, so uh, we'll have something to, to throw <laughs> in there, but in the list. Um, but so otherwise, think, so, so Gatsby Four will will invalidate them. You don't think any of the other lessers could play a part, like the pig, just just being able to have something that can really reach out there and touch your opponent? Well, I think Gatsby Four can do that as well. Oh, that's true. Gatsby Four can do that. Probably. Not as far as the Ninja Pig, of course. And I really love that duo. It's uh, I've always played them with the, with Damiano beforehand. Yeah, but I think now that I ordered him and I want to play him. It's a different role because he's not as defensive as uh, as wrong guy with a. Yeah, but with he's a, a he's a heavy by himself. I mean, he's exactly. pow eighteen. He's pow eighteen when he goes. Yeah, out. yeah, and yeah. I can add add the, the feet to that, and so that's and also the the the, the good thing when it comes to Damiano and Gaspi before is that uh, he's a unit, so he can receive all those buffs that I normally. Because in this list, for example, I can I have to decide in many cases if I want to go offensive with the Idrians and give them the plus two mat and and vengeance, or I want to protect them uh, with plus two defense. Typically, I put the, the plus two defense on them and tough from Rupert. Right. But if but if right. Gatsby gets the plus two mat and uh, vengeance, I can just throw away a, a, servitor. a servitor that comes back anyways. So. I can just run it up or, you know, put it in the way it dies. Gatsby moves up and maybe wrecks a heavy. Who knows? It's if I can it's, collect uh, some souls as well. Then, yeah. Yeah. You'd be hard pressed to collect souls though. Everybody's got an archon and just about all the archons have soul ward. So yeah, all but the Samurites. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but Hey, I, lo- I like the list. It's uh, it's got. I think I think I'm excited to see what's going to happen when you add uh, when everybody adds gas before to all of their lists. But I really like. <laughs> I really like the wrong eyed snapjaw choice. Yeah, it, it's it's just I feel that now that they are not the same strength as a couple of years ago. I. I I feel that Starcross, when it when they got this spell because they didn't have this in MK2, as far as I can remember, they had something else and they got it in MK3. When they couldn't bring uh, um, spiny growth into the mix anymore, so that's a that was a trade-off, I think. Um, and uh, it was a huge thing back then. But now with all these sprays, it's just so hard to keep him alive. Um, uh, so, and so he can, can't really perform what he's in the list for, and, and that is to protect all the high defense models with the uh, with the spell, because James is there and the Kayazi eliminators are there. Idrian skirmishers get the plus two defense, so I think it's on paper it looks nice, but it's a bit tougher to execute now than before. So maybe they will move. <laughs> Well, yeah, they get caught, uh, and they got caught in the crossfire of all the other things they added to the meta, and then all the mm-hmm. counters to those things that they added to the meta. They pumped the meta, they pumped the game full of shield guards, and so what do they got to do? They got to pump the game full of quality sprays to make sure yep. that you have an answer to that. And so they get wrong eye snapshot, get caught in the crossfires. I've got lots of stories about that with my caster that I've been working on lately, and I'll tell more about that later. <laughs> okay, looking forward to that. <laughs> Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, 
that's awesome. I'm glad you did Mercs one. Take stick it to those uh, OP minions. We all know how overpowered minions are. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that's that's exciting, and I look forward to see how that list develops. Matthew, you got a game? I know you've been working on um, Ashland two lately. You got a game you want to maybe tell us about? Yeah, so I got two games in with uh, Ashland two. Uh, one into the Heretic, uh, running double Nayslayers, and then the second game into Haley two. Uh, running two Storm Striders and uh, Demo Four. Um, the only thing I can really talk about with uh, the Heretic is apparently Cinerators are uh, Arm Fifteen versus Nayslayers, which is uh, really good. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, Haley Two. Uh, that's the the most recent game I got to play, and it was actually pretty fun. Uh, played with a guy out of Washington, uh, Josh Gilstrap. Um, he brought. Uh, two Stormsiders, Nemo 4, a Toro, um, an Ironclad, Thorn, and Firefly, and a Glen. Yeah, Glen. Um, so very shooting list that's uh, working around uh, Haley's tricks. Um, I think she's kind of in a little bit of a comeback for Signar right now, now that she has access to Nemo 4. Um and then Not I just ran that, out. but access to several of the Morrowind things, because yes, right, aren't yes. people playing her mainly in the uh, heavy metal theme, Haley yes. too? Yeah, so yeah, she's he, got access to quality infantry now, and she was already strong. She just needed that extra little seasoning to, to be amazing. Yep. Yep. She's uh, definitely above the curve again. Um, I don't think she's probably as overpowered as she was in her terror days. How could but. she ever be when she gets to choose your activation order? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's certainly a little bit more manageable, but she's still very, very strong. Um, and one of the more powerful spellcasters in the game. Uh, Nemo 4 gives her an independent source of focus and a really good gun. Um, she's just got a lot of options she didn't previously have. But I really That just takes her above the curve. So I, I think we'll be seeing a lot of Haley too in Signar meta going forward. Mm. So, we already see, I'm already seeing a lot of Haley too in my meta. She's yeah. cropped up here. So tell us about what's in your Ashland list. What's what's yep? It? So I've got Ashland too running a blockader. Um, she's got Silas for some focus support. Um, then she's got Boss McCorn, um, Ragman Gibbs as my main you know comeback solos. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm running a I was running two Morrowind Archons and, and a single Thamorite Archon. I'm now swapping that over to one Morrowind, two Thamorites. Hmm. Um, and then I've got two double units of full units incinerators. And, yeah, that's the whole list. UAs on both of those incinerators, right? Yes, so oh, absolutely. Uh, you don't really want to take them without No, you don't a. take them without the UAs. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're both my rec choices. And, um, yeah, really, incinerators with her are... Very good. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has been exceptional. Uh, moving them nine inches a turn minimum in shield wall with uh, Gibbs and her is really, really good. Um, they threat 11 inches with her, which is incredible for a speed four melee mm-hmm. unit. And they have uh, vengeance and, on the occasional. They, vengeance. they get damaged. Yep. They have vengeance and um, it's their. Very, very good with her. Um, and the unyielding and giving them tough 
uh, is exceptional because they can already, you know, shield wall. And if they're in against melee charges, that's arm 23 with five boxes and or eight. Actually, I, I found out I forgot the leader is eight boxes, not five. The UA. Oh, yeah. the, the UA. UA. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got Gibbs just waiting in the background. So if, you know, your opponent manages to whittle a couple of them down and uh, Gibbs just says, well, you get to do that again. And <laughs> that's pretty fun. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, they proved to be pretty strong. Um, the, uh, list we played or the scenario was, uh, King of the Hill. So, so um, just, uh, the rectangle zones on the far sides yeah. and then the circle zone in the middle with the flag in the middle. Yes. Yep. That's the one. So, um, we had a house in the center and a few forests. One of the, my favorite things about Lele's resistance and, uh, actually invalidates part of Ashland 2's spell list is that everything has Pathfinder um, minus the jacks and man it's so nice to just walk your generators straight through rubble and not even care about it, it, it's amazing it's wonderful it's, especially it playing in Kingmakers and then Soldiers of Fortune and Irregulars and Hammerstrike just constantly being like I need a Pathfinder out and Rupert's not around so I guess I don't get it yeah, and uh, Lele's resistance just can 100% solves that problem. So yeah. now it has other issues with list building in that it's very limited, mm-hmm. um, but it certainly has some very, very strong benefits. Um, I forgot to actually deploy my rubble in both games that I got in. Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, remembered afterwards, I'm like, oh, I sure could have used that. That's quite can you stick idea. McHorn in that rubble? Uh, you can, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, sure so you can. Uh, you yeah. fire uh, McCorn off like choice. a missile right at the beginning yeah. of the game and bring her back later. Yeah, that's uh, kind of going to be my plan going forward. Uh, McCorn is great with Ashlyn. Uh, unyielding bumps her up to arm 19, 10 boxes. Uh, she's still def 13, too. Um, and then on top of that, with True Path, she actually threats 14 inches, which is really, really strong <laughs> for a super solo with dismantle and the ability yeah. to get up to a P plus S 17 without anybody else's help, um, <laughs> which proved very useful in uh, removing a pesky firefly that was in the way of incinerators, uh, just sending her right in and one shot at it. Um, Whoa. very, very good. <laughs> oh, so awesome. the, the firefly was a little damaged from vengeance. So it wasn't entirely just, you know, boss McCorn doing all the damage. Still, what is, what's her power? 15? Uh, four, base 14, uh, 14. On two four inch chain strike thing, uh, fists, and then she has combo smite. So oh, she can get that up to uh, 20. 17. Oh, no, it's at tw- Why do I think 20? I just um, guessed 20. I assume she had pow six weapons for some reason, pow three, yeah. But then you can use the combo smite to. If, if you think something. that you won't be able to 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 destroy that model, then you can slam it off a, a flag or you know off a zone yep. or something like that. Oh, so it's a, the combo smite is also a slam then. It yes. is. Yep. I'm gonna get her. So that's how she can kind of line up um, knockdown for a freebooter if she's jack marshaling that too. Although mm-hmm. that's putting her pretty risky when she's jack marshaling. But um, you could pull five dice of damage with that then, right? Yes. 
uh, six actually. If you throw in all of the uh, buffs and irregulars between flank, dismantle, knockdown, you can get up to six dice on damage with a freebooter. Oh, with a freebooter. I was thinking no, about the corner itself in Lily's. Oh, yes. yeah. If you slam it into something yeah. else, then yeah. Then five dice. She's a, yeah. Uh, which is really good. Um, she's now one of my, probably one of my favorite combat solos in the mm-hmm. game. <laughs> she's uh, yeah. certainly pretty tough on her own. Um, you know, she's got Archon level uh, defensive stats. Well, not quite Archon level, but she's Almost. she's up there um, where she can, you know, stick it out and stay there for quite some time and give her tough. And then you can bring her back. Um, I think she might be the best Lele's Resistance solo that you can bring for the feet. No question. In, in Lele's Resistance. The second probably being Terran. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in both games, uh, I didn't actually get, speaking of her feet, I didn't actually get to use it in either one. Uh, neither of my opponents actually killed my solos, um, which... That may be for that very bit... reason. <laughs> Because of the, the, yeah. the like, why am I going to put effort into killing what you'll bring back? Yeah, so there's there's certainly that, and uh, um, I didn't. I probably uh, think looking back now and how I kind of think I want to play going forward is a little bit more aggressively with my solos. Um, you know, I can move Ragman up further. Um, I can move Gibbs up further to support, and not really have to worry about them dying really early on which is typically how, you know, you play your support solos a lot of times. Right. Is there's a concern between your positioning and um, how much work you actually want to get out of them being forward. Um, I I think Ashland 2's feet at least gives you some liberty to play that with a little bit more um, aggressiveness and flexibility. And it's probably the best way to, to think about her feet is it just gives you some extra added flexibility with your solos that you previously didn't have. Um, as opposed to this some um, this out of this world crazy insane powerful feat, uh, which it is not. Um, but anyway, so he uh, moved up. Um, my incinerators kept going. He uh, accidentally put his Toro just a half of an inch too far forward, and I got to shove a blockader. Um, just the blockader just charged up with hand of fate and. Two shots, two, my, both initials, and the Toro was no longer on the table. Um, hand of Fate on a blockader is really good. Um, <laughs> getting that extra dice on a PAL plus 22 in melee and on all of the sprays that he can pull off is just fantastic. Um, so his Toro got pulled off. Um, I moved Amaro and Archon over to that, towards that flag, and that's on the right side of the board if you're looking straight down on a vassal. Um, and uh, he moved Nemo that way, moved his Storm Striders toward the other side. Um, my incinerators were on the other side, and they were moving up. Um, he uh, triggered Vengeance. They moved up, did a lot of damage to Firefly, um, and he had put the Ironclad up there. He actually, his, one of his best plays was to move his Ironclad up there, and he knocked down a bunch of incinerators and then feed him on, uh, on a couple of them which knockdown models that are nearly two feeted don't get to do anything the following turn, which is kind of sad. <laughs> um, and he, I think one of his biggest mistakes, though, is that same turn that he did feed, um, he went for the assassination on mm. Ashland. 
And I had put Ashland, I had kept uh, DeBrascio and um, Marie, the, her two little duders, back because I didn't really want him to just, you know, snipe them straight off the board with the Storm Striders. Um, but I parked Ashland inside a artifice of deviation um, to keep her kind of safe, which turns out that pops her up to depth 21 versus ranged at magic. Um, and so he decided to go for the assassination a little too, well, not a little, a lot too early. Um, Haley, too, needed 13s to uh, TK Ashlyn out of the um, the artifice. AOA. <laughs> and yeah, he, uh, he failed four times. Um, he got two tens and 11, and an 11, and then an uh, eight. So did he, he have he any source of re-rolls, or did he just yeah, raw dog so every single the, one? The squire should yeah, be in so him. Yeah, he had one from the squire. So, and he, he missed every single roll and then left himself without any TKs for the rest of his army uh, to move around, center, which I really feel he should have probably spent that turn moving incinerators around with TK. Yeah, um, I mean, he could have he could have said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw one TK out. I can spare one. Here we go. If it hits, great. We've got an assassin run. If it doesn't, I go on with the rest of my turn, because I don't think he loses if he, if he could burn four, you know. <laughs> Agreed, and that was kind of my feeling at the end of the game I'm like it probably would have been a little bit less um, lopsided in the end if he had done it that way as opposed to going full blow I'm going to assassinate Ashlyn this turn um, which he just couldn't do um, Ashlyn herself is pretty strong or pretty assassination proof being defense 17 the fact that she doesn't get reduced when she's knocked down um, her only major weakness is if you're facing running into like a mortality or a calamity caster that they can, can stick tag. it on Nebraska. Exactly. It's the it's the cane three problem in yeah. a way. Um, but I just sat her parked there and she basically just stayed there the rest of the game and stayed back just casting true path and um, blood of liberty as I needed it. Um, and played a very, very potent support role, which is what she does uh, very very well um so after his failed assassination run he tried to you know kind of stop me with his feet a little bit and it made it a little bit annoying um but i was still able to get my incinerators vengeance actually gets around her feet so they still get to vengeance move unless they're knocked down so those ones didn't get to um which allowed me to almost wipe off his ironclad uh do some decent damage to the firefly and a little bit to thorn and then the following turn running, you know, charging uh, um, Boss McCorn, oh my gosh. Uh, straight into the Firefly, ending that, letting that group of Cinerators move up and start whacking in a Storm Strider. And then the other Cinerators just stood up, um, didn't charge, moved Ragman up, and just deleted the Ironclad with just standard non-charge attacks. Um, and then did a fair amount of damage to Thorn as well. Um so that left him in kind of a tricky position in the next turn. So he decided to try and run for scenario because he could go the King of the Hills, a little bit of a struggle for a caster that needs to kind of support her army like Ashland does. Um, mm-hmm. So spreading out was a little, was a challenge for me, especially since my only scoring elements for the outside edges were my blockader and uh, Ashland herself. Um, and I really, really needed Ashland center forward to be supporting everything. Um, and the blockader went over to, 
help contest um, the other zone, but he feeded on the blockader, so I got a turn of not using my blockader as well as I wanted to. So I used it to fire off uh, Glenn Cormier, uh, Arlen, uh, do some damage to Stormstrider, and uh, pop a few points into uh, Nemo 4. Um, so he decided to, after, you know, things are looking, aren't looking great for our heroes, um, to run for the scenario win. So he popped his Stormstrider over him. He had to remove a full unit of Cinerators and Shield Wall in the left zone, and he had to remove a Marwan Archon and a Thamorite Archon in the right zone. So on the left side, he had his Stormstrider, and then he had the other one a little bit middle, and he had Nemo on the other side. Uh, and Nemo's, uh, he brought out a Trench Buster, so he had that there. So Nemo did a pretty chunk, good chunk of damage. He uh, Thunderbolted and managed to kill the Thamorite Archon. Um, Nemo's gun is really good. It's quite good. And, and uh, then he uh, proceeded to try and do damage to the Marwan Archon, but he just could not get it off the table. Um, he left it on two boxes, still contesting that zone. So he wasn't able to score that. And then the other zone, he managed to... He TK'd my incinerators around a bunch, uh, which is, was smart. It was what he should have done, probably should have done the previous turn, and uh, proceeded to try and remove the ones he couldn't TK out of the zone because I tried to place them in a position where he couldn't just trivially get them out of there. And uh, used his Storm Striders to do, do that, but their high arm just, it's its hard for them to break with uh, a shooting. Um, so he, he failed there, and then the next turn, He's got Haley uh, kind of over towards the left zone because she moved over there to do the TK because she couldn't get Thorn there because Thorn was pretty busted up and surrounded by six incinerators. <laughs> and uh, so I uh, um, moved my I loaded up the blockader. I moved my blockader up and just sprayed her to death. So with hand of fate sprays, I got her with two shots and she was done. Well, there um, you go. Sprays a uh, sprays in the blockader with hand of fate is money. It's really really good. The the so. Menoff players have been been doing that for a while with the Judicator, and now we have a kind of adjudicator light version. <laughs> right. Yes, and it's uh it's great. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. So. Well, that sounds like yeah, a great was, game. Yeah, it was a it was a fun game. Uh, I got to really learn. A lot of Ashland 2's tricks and uh, learn a lot of different things that I want to try uh, differently next time. Obviously, putting my rubble out is probably the first thing I need to remember to do. That's true. Um, and then uh, putting my solos out a lot more aggressively, I think, will go a long, a long ways, too, to actually getting some sort of use out of her feet. Because um, it's, you know, she's only she, the best target she's got for that in are in irregulars. And then half of her spell list just doesn't do a lot. For them yeah or anything so right so uh what objective did you take uh king of the hill does not actually have an objective so it doesn't i thought it had objectives oh, in no, the corners of it both does. of those uh, excuse so me. there's you're, only you're one right, that doesn't have objectives is uh i think uh spread the net or not yeah, no net. you you're correct i'm sorry uh, i picked the healing objective kind of the, the default so choice. Have, have you ever considered i my normal thing to do is to drop. I don't know if you thought this this through. Uh, is to drop the dugout objective whenever I face a TK caster. 
and just go, okay, well, you're not going to get to assassinate my caster? Or do you like that they're going to try to go for it? Do you think part of the Ashlyn build is to give them a <laughs> DEF 21 Ashlyn and say, go ahead, try for that assassination and ruin your best, best bait. <laughs> the yeah. caster is the best. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't usually think about the dugout one too much, but that's a great point you bring up that um, something for me to consider with other casters. I don't think it's as necessary with Ashlyn because she's got, obviously in the late, she's going to have two packs of rubble that are up forward. And she can also put out that artifice of deviation. Um, so I don't think dugout is 100% necessary with her. But if you want to save the focus on the upkeep, certainly that's something that I, I think would be worth considering in the future. And she is she has groundwork, so she doesn't lose defense if you knock her down, and no. she isn't automatically hit. So that's the you know that that's a pretty nice benefit. So the only real way to get her defense down is to turn her around. Yeah. If you've got her defense down um, and an ability to hit her, though, she will just die yeah, off the table. Because she's she is not very high arm. She's 15 base, 17 if she's cast her, um, her spell. Uh-huh. And most of the time, she's not camping focus, very much focus, maybe one focus. So keeping her safe is critical. Did he have, have an opportunity to get some e-leaps onto her? Because that would have been the thing that I would think of is like, well, let me put something here. Let's get an e-leap onto Ashlyn and make it a POW 14 or whatever, because they can get that POW, that e-leap up. Um, yeah, they can get it up to uh, POW 12. Oh, POW 12. Um, he did not get that opportunity because I didn't let him. <laughs> uh-huh. He killed the Firefly um, I, early, right? They killed the Firefly early. Um, he wasn't going to get the Firefly anywhere near Ashland. He had two full units of incinerators he'd have had to run past. And Firefly would not have survived that many free strikes. No. Um, he could have maybe, if he had tried to shoot, because uh, I kept Ashland and the, her little Artifice of Deviation buddies kind of far back okay. so that he couldn't, uh, outside of force, so he couldn't elite just to be on the, the safe, you know, safe side. Mm-hmm. of things i'm not usually too worried about elites unless nemo three is on the other side of the table that's um, fair um but it's certainly something he could have tried but i i think ashlyn could have survived that because okay. they're they're on unbo- they're unboostable so. they are unboostable yes and you probably have one focus so that you can eat so you can absorb yeah. one and not exactly yeah so it would take it would take two or three, maybe four elites to really get something happen. Now Nemo three is on the board. That's a different story. Exactly. He could throw five uh, weapon, you know, boosted elites at you, and then, then that's the end. That's all she wrote. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I I will say the dugout objective has been very useful. I don't know if you'd use it with obje- with Ashlyn or not, but I have played it. Uh, I have had two Ostrom games in the past few weeks. Um, with I get one in a team tournament against Kruger two, and mm-hmm. I dropped Ostrom into Kruger two, and uh, the opponent my opponent went oh yay Ostrom I'm glad you dropped that instead of uh, McBain, and uh, oh. <laughs> yeah I hear that too often. <laughs> 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 I, I was I was like my thought my thought was what do I not know about Kruger 2 that he knows that I'm about to get wrecked by right now? Um, and apparently it was nothing that I didn't know. It was he didn't know that Dwarf Jacks can't be pushed. And so I had the uh, oh. the, the dugout objective on on uh, Ostrom and then six Dwarf Jacks and then a Siege Crawler. So 
He could no push. Yeah, no, no, he could TK. That he could do a little <laughs> TK action, um, but his gallows did nothing, and his uh, his feet reduced my speed. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then and the and the best part was on turn two, I staggered his well, so my weapon masters could then just walk up the board nicely and finish off what was on the that that flank of the of the table. The stagger, the stagger is so money on that. And and then uh, my first game in the COVID nineteen league, I played against Ron. I dropped Osterman into Ron. And I took the dugout objective, and it was okay. Yeah, stop trying to think. Can I kill Ostrom And let's just play this game out the way it's supposed to be played. <laughs> yeah, that's um, interesting. <laughs> so I can I, I I say I can speak highly of the dugout objective. Just being able to take that concern off the table of what can my opponent. Uh, how can he get my caster out of position um, and, and being able to remove that from your worries was, has been very, very nice. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, something I've, I honestly have never actually really considered. Um, and now I feel kind of stupid. So, well, no, don't feel stupid. It's like there's six objectives and uh, yeah. only, and three of them got added last only six months ago. So yes. uh, a lot of people look, just look at the board and they say, well, healing's useful every game. Yeah. So I'll just take healing. Um, and I'm, I'm finding taking the Isla side objective or taking the dugout objective has been incredibly valuable, especially if you have a colossal that doesn't have sprays. Like I like to play the galleon and having Isla site for the galleon uh, is, is exceptionally good. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. They, they are especially valuable when you have um, like a few but very high value models that you would like to buff like this for example the galleon so that's yeah that's 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 especially the case when you have to um, you have to think more about your objective choices when you bring a, a colossal or or a high high value models Right. So, I typically yeah. bring it. So if I don't have, if I don't have to bring dugout, I bring Isla's sight for the gun archon. Because when the gun archon has Isla's sight, he gets four shots, 16 inches anywhere across the board, and he just goes, "I'm just going to shoot that." And you, I don't care. Your stealth, concealed, cover, whatever. You're just going to die. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> so the gun archon has been my favorite archon. Um, and those of you who don't know, the gun archon is Harlow Hold Am I. AKA, you're missing the gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that sounds like a great game. Good to see another another Merc victory. I'm going to go ahead and tell us a sad story about uh, how Merc's, how the, how the Merc player ran out of time and had to concede and uh, walk away from the game. Uh, but I played my COVID-19, my second game yesterday, um, against another Merc player. Who played? Whose list was Ostrom and Fiona, and my list is Ostrom and Drake McBain. And I think I've talked about it before, but I really, really don't like mirror matches. I would rather lose and have a good time than play a mirror match and just barely win with grinding that out. I really need to work on that part of my attitude because I feel like that's that's not great. I need to get to a place where mirror matches aren't so uncomfortable, but I've always disliked them in both War Machine and fighting games and anything. I can't stand a mirror match. It's not fun. 
Uh-huh. Um, I can understand a lot of that. I played a Haley 3 versus Haley 3 mirror match, and that was the most miserable game of War Machine I've ever played. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like that's the second most miserable mirror match in the game. I think I think hands down it's Dreamer versus Dreamer in Dark Menagerie. Oh yeah. I've had my grim my grimkin buddy has made that clear that that is the worst game it's the worst game of War Machine that you can ever play. Ostrom into Ostrom is pretty bad as well, and uh, when I played a lot of Gorton, Gorton versus Gorton is also Gorton versus Gorton. What do you do? You just stare at each other for two. I'm gonna advance. You're gonna advance, and then I'm gonna advance, and then you're gonna advance, and now nobody can. We can't push each other. So what are we gonna do? <laughs> oh man. Anyways, so he had Fiona in Flames in the Darkness, and that's what he dropped. It was Fiona, a um gallant, and two chargers, two Morrow Archons, two Menine Archons, a Max Unit of Precursors with the UA, and three weapon attachments. Um Two Thamorite Advocates, Gabriel Throne, or, yeah, Throne, and then um, Alexia 2, and was there anyone else? No, three. Some field mechanics in there for... Field mechanics. Notes. Yeah, he had field mechanics in there to be cultists and arc nodes. Um, I did, after I had a conversation with Matthew, and he told me that I should drop Ostrom, it's the better drop into this pair. And I agreed with him. It is the better drop into this pair. And I agreed as well. And Matt's saying agreed. Well. <laughs> we all we all agreed. For the record, for the record, we all agreed that Ostrom would be the better drop into this pair. I didn't want yes. to do it. <laughs> I dropped McVeigh because <laughs> I'm insane. Um, so I dropped Drake McVeigh into uh, a list with two grievous wounds things that can be applied. Anywhere within 15 inches of where that model is. Because those stupid things are speed 7 with repo 3 and then can create entropic force within 5 inches. Speed 7, are you sure? I, th- I thought they were speed That's 7. Is 6? I think it's really 6. Am I thinking of the... You're talking about the uh, advocates, right? I, th- yeah. I was. I thought they were 7. Oh, my bad. 14 inches then. That might have still a long six. ways up yeah. the table. Apologies. Yes, I don't want to misinform anybody. 14. I'm thinking of the Thamorite Archon being speed 7 and getting them crossed in my head. Yeah, the Advocate uh, is 6. Okay. Yes, it is. Oh, I've got its yeah. card in front of me now. So. And uh, just to add insult to injury, they have Sucker, too. Yeah, just to add okay. insult to injury, there's no way to pull them off the table without getting in, something into melee and getting it up the board. So this, yeah. Yeah. so this is my um, Drake McBain list. It's McBain in Leolie's Resistance with a Nomad, a Talon, a Toro, Silas, Anastasia, Eilish, Gibbs, two Morrow and Archons, Ragman, Rupert, uh, Max Sword Knights with UA, Thorn Gun Mages, and Max Trencher Infantry with UA. Oh. It's a list that I've been working on uh, McBain in Leolie's Resistance. I've been workshopping a lot of different things. And the, re- the primary reason I wanted to play it was because I'm I'm workshopping this McBain list. This is Vassal. I don't care if I win this COVID-19 thing, but I care if I figure out what works and what doesn't work in Drake McBain's list so I can maybe find out if there is a real Drake McBain list somewhere out there that has gained into as an off list. As a sounds second. like a quest. Yeah, sounds it's like a quest. It's a heroic quest. quest. 
it's a heroic quest and i don't know you know if there's a <laughs> if there's anything at the end of this quest <laughs> uh like remember i remember when you said uh with denny too that it's just a tunnel it's not a light at the end of the tunnel so it's more, <laughs> more tunnel not denny too um morton ever too morty too um anyways yeah. <laughs> anyways the idea of the list is that the Moron Archons provide the defensive buffs to the Sword Knights, making them defense 17 against melee, and the Sword Knights themselves are great feet targets because they can't be knocked down when they're base-to-base, mm-hmm. base. Um, and and I stick countermeasure on them to make it, if I can run up with them and jam the, jam the shooting. The Talon and the Nomad exist in the list to be semi-disposable jacks, that can either run up and then be jackhammered so that I can have a 14-inch threat with jackhammer, or the Talon just to run up, engage something to turn the Sword, ma- sword Knights into Weapon Masters. Um, Ragman can be applied with the with the Talon, so the Talon runs up. Ragman has a 12-inch uh, application of uh, Deathfield. Deathfield for um, the minus two armor reduction to turn my sword knights into POW 12 weapon masters. Um, they, and then the trencher infantry are just phenomenal. You stick, they get pathfinder from the theme. And so they become so great at what they do. Um, the thorn gun mages take sniper from the, they're from the theme really well. Um, McBain can keep the armor and archons alive with his feet and they don't get knocked down. They can get reduced to one box and they're great. um, and and yeah, the the other solos are just support solos. I feel like the list works well with itself. My practice with it is lacking, so hence I dropped it yesterday. Uh, turn one, I go I go first. I've got Anastasia. I go first. I run up. Uh, turn two, he advances. Shield walls the infantry. Turn two for me, or turn that's his turn one. Turn two for me. I advance the um, the trencher infantry. Up the center of the board, I advance the Sword Knights up my right flank. I advance my Thorn Gun Mages up the right flank. I pull four or five um, Precursor Knights off the table with shots from the Trencher Infantry. I put Fortune on the Trencher Infantry. I missed so many sevens with them with the rerolls. It was un- it was insane. Oh. Um, unfortunately, I had some really bad placement with my Jacks. I had both my heavies near each other. That allowed him then on the next turn to use Befuddle, pull them both up, and send the entire unit of feeded-on power-swelled guys mm. and pull both my heavies off the turn in one. Now, that was a mistake on my part. I should have realized uh, the only way he's taking these heavies off the board easily is with Gallant or with these guys, and if I split my heavies, I won't have to f- fuss with that too much. Um, he does that anyway, pulls those guys off, and I think that's the turn that he feats. So then he has feeded into me, and I have a very weak turn the following turn, and I feed back into his feet. Um, he has – he is unable – his Themrite Archon, one of them is being used to camp his flag far on my right side of the board. His other Themrite Archon, uh, Themrite Advocate, comes up into the center of the board uh, and death fields on my Sword Knights, several of which have been feeded on. He forgot about countermeasure. He advanced his uh, Themrite Archon into five inches of the Sword Knights, rolls D3 shots, rolls up three, says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take some shots. I say, nope. you can't you can't shoot. 
He was That's a, great. <laughs> he he was a gentleman about it. He wasn't mm-hmm. a jerk or anything like that. So I get that, and then he backs his chargers up, and they take a few shots. But um, I had given them tough with Rupert, so the ones that weren't feeded on could still chant. I didn't. I made two tough rolls that game. I think I rolled. I rolled about uh, two dozen tough rolls, and I made two. Um, wow. Yeah, it was really <laughs> two dozens. An exaggeration. It was probably like fifty. Fifteen or sixteen tough checks, and I only made about two of them. Um, well, that does sound about right for me. So yeah, the <laughs> highlight. There were two highlights for me of the game. One, turn turn two. Anastasia comes on the board, does six damage to a Thamorite Archon in, the, in the, his rectangle zone on my left side of the board. He has to ignore Anastasia because he wants to do other things with that Thamorite Archon. So my turn three, Anastasia charges it again in the back and kills it this time. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was. It really, really, really was awesome. Um, and then... With her teeny, pl- tiny, teeny, tiny weapons. Right? Yeah, with her little daggers. Hey, man, backstab yeah. on a... She rolled a 15 both times for damage. Uh, so dice off <laughs> nine. She did six damage both times. Ooh. <laughs> uh, um, then... We, we grounded out and grounded out, and then it was just going – it was turning into this attrition slog. It was the bottom of turn five, seven to seven. Um, and I'm looking at the time. It's late in the morning. Uh, I've been at this for for three and a half hours or so, and I know that uh, I need to get off of this computer and get to taking care of the family and doing family stuff. And – so I said, all right, so here's what's going to happen. I see how this game is going. It's this attrition slog. I'm going to lose on turn seven, the bottom of seven, by one or two control points. Um, I had been able to keep up, clear his solo, score my zones. My scenario game was on point. And um, I said, so here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and try to kill McBain, and then if you fail, I'll concede. And I sent the screenshot to the chat that we're in. And in the screenshot, you have Drake McBain with a Marl and Archon in his back arc. A uh, oh no, that's technically not in his back arc. A Marl and Archon on him, Gabriel Throne on him, Alexia Two on him, and Gallant on him. Drake McBain lived with one box. <laughs> <laughs> and the cigar. And the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> he. And he a techni- whole lot of attitude. <laughs> yes, he technically, he technically could have dodged away uh, three times. He missed me three times, so I could have been completely out of that. But I felt had did I been McBain making have it, dodge? McBain does have dodge. I did not know that. Huh. He's def he's def fifteen with dodge or def seventeen if he's got a moron archon nearby with dodge. Uh, he's remarkably hard to kill um, when he's got five focus on him. Because he killed both my jacks, so I had nothing to do with my focus. <laughs> he the killed. Control, he not, that was part of the trap. That was it exactly. It was. It was part of the trap. Kill all my heavies and then and then try to kill Drake McBain. So um so Drake McBain lives on one box, uh, and I just concede, say you know what you killed him. I could have moved him out, missed three times. I could have dodged away several different places several different times. I felt like that would have been wasting my time and invite my opponent. Hey, let's see. Can you kill him? And then let me dodge away and make it difficult. It, you know, uh, all I did was spend sure. to over boost the power field and still ended up with one box. Didn't even have to take the tough check that I would have failed. Um, but 
my my results from this game were I need more practice. My heavies need I need to have better uh, placement with my heavies. Um, sword knights by the end of the game I still had eight sword knights left. They hmm. were very hard to hit. He kept applying once the precursor knights had gone in on my left side. My sword knights were on my right side. He just didn't have anything with the volume and quality of attacks other than his chargers to apply to my sword knights to actually bring them down because they had a Marlon Archon hanging out with them the whole time. They would get either concealment if I thought it was I'm going to get shot up, I'm going to give concealment to them from Rupert, or I'm going to give them tough if they're closer in and they're going to take they're going to get hit anyway. But he would send the Thrall Warriors after them, kill none of them. I don't a Thrall Warrior did not hit a single sword knight all game. No, it's because Mad Six. It's Mad Six, exactly. Um so it was the Sword Knights being the sort of lackluster infantry um, were great. Because I really – one of the struggles with Leo's Resistance, and we were talking – you brought it up earlier, Matthew, is the limited unit selection makes it really, really hard to get that cheap throwaway unit that you really want in every list. You want that 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 unit that if it dies, okay – you spent that time, that effort, killing that unit that's there to contest, to hold ground, and maybe get a few quality attacks in. That's why I love Steelhead Halberdiers so much. Yeah. Um, it's why I it just, is... I just thought about them. Yeah, I just thought about them. It's the same type of unit, cheap, but reacts well to buffs and multi-purpose if you are using them well. So. Yes. Exactly. They're, they've got the depth of 13-13, so they match that stat. They come with that plus two defense against melee and no knockdown. And then they get Pathfinder natively from it. So they become a really, for 13 points, it's an amazing unit. The downside, it eats up a unit slot. So now I've picked Sword Knights. What else can I have? Not much. Yeah. I get one thing. And so I have to pick something else that's like a huge boat of unit of infantry if I want to play infantry heavy in Leo's Resistance, which is how I generally prefer to play. Um, anyways, that is the McBain list. Uh, I need to workshop the battle group that he has. I feel like um, I feel like I'm missing an opportunity to do something. I may need to reconsider my giving McBain a galleon instead, or get or just going with a blockader. Something that's got some ranged output. I feel like this mm-hmm. list would really value more guns on the on the on the things. Um, the downside of that is I lose the ability to turn the sword knights into weapon masters because I need a light that can just I can just send out like a missile and go out there and turn them into you know give them the flank and the well it's the plus two mat and the weapon master so it's it's even better than that makes them more accurate mat ten if they want to do CMAs and the things but right. uh, yeah that's that's my list um, and what you were saying earlier uh, Matthew about or was it Mate? Mate was talking about wrong eye. Yeah, you were talking about wrong eyed Snapjaw and getting, getting their their abilities being caught in the crossfires of other changes in the meta. That's McBain's feat. Fiona yeah. had a feat, and it was a real feat, and I had to play around it. I had a really hard time playing around it. McBain doesn't have a real feat in this game. He it is too easy to turn it off. On the games that I've been played into an opponent with a without a grievous wounds, I have felt like. I have a feat that is 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 the kind of feat that Osram 
or Fiona or any of these other casters have where my feet makes a difference and forces my opponent to make decisions about what they are and what they aren't going to do. Absolutely. But but the, if if there was one suggestion, one and only one change I would say McBain needed is take away the D6, just say McBain chooses five models. They can't lose their last damage box. If they would, they just fall down instead. Plain and simple. It doesn't need to be potentially 11, 6 to 11 models. It can be five. Five yeah. quality places where I can say, you have... And, there, and the game has, has plenty of ways to answer that, to respond to that. You can throw, you can slam, you can yeah. Yeah. You know, do all of those things. So it's not uninteractable. It's just you can't kill them right now. Yeah. And Which that's is what, what the is supposed to be. Before yeah, exactly. Healing. So... Say that again. I can. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a problem before we had all this anti-healing in the meta. Right. I. I don't think it's going to be a problem going forward if it's it changed in that manner. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. I mean, if I could make several changes to McBain, that would be one of them. And then perhaps the other change. I would make. I would make three changes to him. I would make that change to his feet. Five guys can't die. I would make him Matt Seven. Rat six, like every other warcaster. <laughs> he's rat six. And he's Matt a warrior. Six, I mean, he's, five. he's a fighter. So. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, he's got gang fighter, so he does go to mat eight in melee with when he's got another warrior model. But no, he needs to be a, he needs to be at least a seven five, if not a seven six. And then yeah. um, and then I would uh, the other change I would make is purely for fun. I would say he can be included in any mercenary theme always. He's always available. You're playing Cephalix, you can play McBain as your caster if you want. You're playing Flames, you can play McBain. You're playing Talion, you can play McBain. Because that's his deal. He's the mercenary's mercenary. <laughs> but that's just that's just silly. That's just um the the real change would be the feet and his adjust his mat to be in line with everything else. But, uh, but yeah. I mean with with all these soup themes where you can take everything everywhere, basically it's you know wouldn't be a big deal, I think. Yeah. To include him everywhere as well. So. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so those those are battle reports. Um, and so let's talk about uh, our our main subject then. Other th other than the battle reports, I feel like battle reports are kind of a main subject in and of themselves. Uh, maybe we can talk for 30, 40 minutes about it before we wrap up. Um, what casters or what is it about a feat or spell list or caster that takes them and gets them past a lackluster feat with an amazing spell list and vice versa and what doesn't and and i'll open the what doesn't out with um an example magnus one magnus one has he doesn't have a feat he has a spell. He has a spell. He can cast the sprint animus on his whole army once a, once per game. That's that's what he can do. Um, and other than that, he has what looks like on paper a really great spell list. You know, you've got snipe. That's a phenomenal spell. You've got an armor buff, a death buff. You've got iron aggression, one of the best warjack spells in the game. Um, you've got what looks like a great spell list, but then when you dig into it, because it misses out on threat extension, which seems to be the key, the key to a good spell list is having having some sort of threat extension. Um, 
he just doesn't work out. And as good as those spells are, they can't overcome the fact that he really doesn't have a feat. Uh, so I uh, know that you guys were, which we were talking a lot about Ashlyn and how her spell list is amazing. What is it about the spell list that overcomes the feat or, or can we get, can we have a caster whose feet overcomes their spell list? Absolutely. So I think it's a little easier to have a spell list overcome a feat if that spell list is really incredible. And looking at Ashland 2 in particular, I think is one of the, if not the best example of this. Yeah. Every single spell on her card is useful. It's amazing. Yeah. In every game. Even her nuke spell, perdition, that she has is useful. It can let oh, a it's more than a nuke. <laughs> yeah, it can let a warjack go up there. Um, or move up, and it's everything she has on her card, minus her feet, has relevance in basically every game that you're playing. Um, unless you're taking her out of Lily's, and of course she doesn't get Tactician, and Blood of Liberty is useless. <laughs> but True Path is a stellar um, threat extension spell. Um, Blood of Liberty gives her tough um, and unyielding, so she's brought, got heavy armor Troops, like you typically probably are going to bring with her. Um, that's huge. Hand of Fate, Artifice of Deviation to keep her safe. She's just got this incredible spell list that's relevant, useful every single game. But her feet is not. Um, if you don't lose any solos, or if your opponent brought something with a remove from play mechanic, which there is a lot it, with the anti-healing meta, there's a, a lot of remove from play right now. Um, they just have to remove that solo from play and her feet just doesn't doesn't even do a single thing. Period. So it's it's kind of got even, like you were saying with Drake McVean, it's got that easy workaround that just kills it. Um, and on top of it, usually letting things die in order to use a feet isn't a great plan. No. And her, and her so. dying breath ability on the, on the feet, it sounds good, but if we're playing... And we, we've talked a lot about the Cinerator's build with her. And that seems like the logical place you want to go. You want to apply unyielding onto things. And so you want things that have boxes. And if you want yeah. things that have boxes, you're losing out on bodies. And Dying Breath, I feel like Dying Breath, is you want that for 10-man units. You want those 10-man units that, okay, you killed this guy. And now he's going to kill the th the guy that was going to attack his buddy and so on and so forth so that the 10-man unit loses less when they take a charge or something like that. Exactly. That could be something that's useful in, say, um, Flames in the Darkness where there's a lot of single wound infantry, quality single wound infantry, um, like Precursors and Legion of Lost Souls, where that can be significantly more relevant. Mm -hmm. Um but in a theme like Lely's Resistance, where your infantry is the workhorse for you and you really, really need them to not die, that's not fantastic <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I think most of the time, Dying Breath is just... It's not something you want to, to play with that in mind. Um, it just may be something that comes in useful every now and then but it's going to be rarer and far between than normal occurrence. Cool. I like sure. it. And so, yeah, then, but then so we can say that we can say that with uh, Ashen two, um, with, we agreed that her spell 
compensates for the for the feet, and it's not a big deal Absolutely. that her feet is not amazing because this, her spell is this. So. Absolutely. Um, in every game I've played her, I haven't used the feet once so far, and in every game I have felt very strong with her with this list and with Ashland in general. So it certainly does make up for it. Now I have heard some counterpoints from some. Uh, so I have a local in my meta who has been mm -hmm. playing her in Flames and thinks that that's her home. Flames as her home for two reasons: one, True Path being amazing as a Pathfinder solution for a army that desperately wants Pathfinder, and yeah. two, returning the Hermit. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty. Uh, cool. I agree with that. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So you have this hermit that that dies that comes back and um you know I don't know stick him next to Ragman have him sack I don't know what the hermit I don't know what you all do, what you can all do with the hermit and how that jank will play out but I have I have heard that as a as an option to 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 really making the feat this ball busting damn it I killed that hermit and I got to do it again that I can see um, I, I'm not 100% convinced that she's her best theme is Flames over Lily's Resistance, but I definitely think there's a case for her there. Um, mm -hmm. Her feat certainly is a little bit more useful there, um, as it is in Irregulars, obviously. Um, but she does lose out on some of the best abilities she has. Uh, Tactician and Blood for Liberty are dead, dead yeah. notes on her card. Tactician is a little less of a problem because they've still got Gabe Throne. Um, right. Mitigate that, but Blood and Liberty is just a good spell. Uh, it's tough a phenomenal for your whole army. Yeah. Is phenomenal. So, and that actually, while you were talking about Sword Knights, that made me actually start thinking about them with her, with no knockdown tough. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you could take your no, you got your no knockdown tough, and you could take some storm lances with her for your big bodies that you want to give them the, you know, the un, that really want the unyielding part of that. Um, yep. and, and I don't know, I'd love to see what hand of fate storm Knights or storm lances, storm lances <laughs> could do when they go in on something. You're so right. pretty good. I think, um, another thing I was also thinking too, if you bring vanguards, that gives you a two inch reach to apply your flank on your sword knights and tactician works around a lot of your, uh, positioning. That's Problem. beautiful. I love that. Tactician, because they are Lily's jacks, and so yep. you get to have that little Ostrom feel as you walk through your infantry with your jacks and vice versa. Yeah, hmm. I, I was thinking about that. Um, that actually might be fun. I don't know how strong it'll be, but I think it'd be fun to play at least and, and play around with. Well, if you're I getting think... your heavy hitting for... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Mente. What no, no. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if you can get your heavy hitting, your offensive output from your infantry then just taking three jacks that operate as shield guards might be worth it for the fact that they they can go to pow 16 with ragman um when they when they go in they do have guns so they can stand around and do things they can move their six inches they are speed six right yes yeah so they can move their speed six they can put out a boosted shot about 12 here and there uh, it's not irrelevant. It's not going to come up all the time, but it's not irrelevant. Um, right. And I don't know. That's uh, that. They're they're def thirteen. Uh, they have they have the best uh, defense as well. I think. 
yeah, they have set defense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've been I've been thinking about the Vanguard a lot lately, um, and I think uh, I think in Lily's resistance, it might just be worth it just to have that Pathfinder, and then also now Tactician, which is amazing. That's what I I was thinking about. Maybe the the guys who who um, who think that her her best theme is uh, Flame. Uh, they might come from the the um, damage output side, so they might look at her and because that's what I felt with uh, with Ashlyn one a couple times when I I uh, ran her in the, in Lily's resistance is that I'm lacking the, the the armor cracking and you know the heavy hitting from the list and and Flame certainly brings that because there are a lot of uh, uh, debuffers and also heavy hitting infantry available there so probably that's that's one area where where she's stronger in that in that theme and now we are talking about sword knights etc which is nice of course which is great but we 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 saw how how uh, how they benefit from a lot of things that she uh, she can offer and also uh, with flank they can hit uh, reasonably hard but it's still not how to put it um, convincing armor cracking uh, level for me. You're, so, you're right. So I, I would feel that I need to bring something, you know, in the battle group, or that's what I ended up with uh, with Ashlyn one as well. That I had to bring Toros and things like that to to make up for the the lack of of cracking power. And I played her with the incinerators and cleansers because Ashlyn's one. Ashlyn one, Ashlyn one's feet uh, is amazing with with the uh, cleansers, uh, but the one unit of cinerators and a couple heavies were were not enough or felt lackluster in in the armor cracking department. So I think Ashlyn two might have the same problem in Riley's. Um, of course, if you bring two weapon master units, that's a bit better. But yeah, I think that's one area where where. Uh, the flame uh, really shines, and I think not just with her, but with other casters, that's one of the reasons why people really like that uh, that theme because it has accuracy, it has cracking power, and it also has some shenanigans that you can use and frustrate your opponent to death with. <laughs> so absolutely, flames is a it is a very strong, very fun theme, and it has absolutely zero problem with cracking armor. It can apply a plus six swing with uh, with relative ease. Fiona can do ten with the yeah. Legion of Lost Souls. Yeah, it's very absurd. Oh, that's it's right. Like, yeah, uh, throne yeah. and the uh, yeah. So so the spell from Fiona, uh, throne plus two, Alexia plus two. That's that's six. Hermit and then Ragman. Hermit eight, Ragman ten. I mean, if oh, you yeah, play a plus awful. ten, though, that, like that feels a little, maybe a little much. You might be wasting resources. You do that, but you know, you got to pull a colossal off the board one. with three charges. <laughs> Under striker one speed. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, you got to get rid of that. Or you can one. spread. I mean, you can spread these out and not have having you know plus ten, but like plus six, but on a larger area of the board. Like okay, Ragman on one one side and Hermit on the other side. I, and that's the that's the true strength they're bringing all those armor crackers is spreading it across the board. Mm-hmm. Right. So okay, then, so back on topic. Uh, yeah. 
I was just thinking the opposite of of Ashlyn two. I would say would be uh, Magnus two. Yeah. Because yeah. I would say that his spell list is not really impressive. I never really liked it. Um, and somehow when you see uh, calamity on a card you you know that you can, you have to have you need to have a, a really good v turn otherwise you're screwed and that you're yeah, you're going to be focused start the whole game so um his feet is amazing but um, that's about it and okay now he got a, a decent field marshal in, in mk3 and that's basically it so um i think he's quite linear and and uh, gets boring. So that's that's I think that that's the problem with the very strong feats and and weak or mediocre spell lists. That it's fun to pop that feat like three times and then it's like okay now I've seen it. There's nothing different uh, about it uh, the next time and maybe I will lose a couple games as well when I cannot really utilize my feat. And other than that, I don't have much else and um while i'm talking about this i have a k3 list in front of me so yeah that's <laughs> that's the other one the the secret to k3 i've been thinking about it Mate, is vanguards i was thinking about get vanguards get choir and then just lots of vanguards lots of choir and then just roll up and there you go then you can lose you can lose points. the game in style I <laughs> in lily's style yeah. yeah, I was actually thinking swabbers, but <laughs> you could do vanguards too. You got you got Pathfinder with the vanguards. You know, like that's great. It's that's probably good. and the, it's probably it's probably not enough, but assault calamity, uh, choir. They do they will hit at pow eighteen on their uh, weapon, and their assault shot will be pow seventeen. So that's like I feel like that's not too bad. Um, but with Kane three, if you if you want to have uh, Calamity, then you won't even use uh, his own shots to the full extent. So it's, uh, I mean, I don't think they tested him that much <laughs> before releasing him because uh, he's so focused on, probably the most focused on caster I've, I've ever played. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he's a caster who was an attempt at making the feat overcome a mediocre mm-hmm, spell mm-hmm. list. And the feat just doesn't do enough because because he can't take dwarf jacks. If Kane three had like a little rule that says he can have ruler jacks, you would just give Ooh. him every bunny in the in the game and you would run all over the table. Oh, oh. that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> um, well, from one side of the table, it would. And from yeah. the other side, it would be like, oh, really seriously? <laughs> <laughs> this is why you spent. All that time with traveling here and you know painting these models and then putting them on the table and we can just shake hands and say goodbye. Yeah. What is it? Wait, feeded sprays like those would be like all fully boosted pow thirteen spray eights that you can apply all over the place. Yeah, oh, that sounds amazing. Red red uh, nine. Yeah. Yes, yeah, red nine. That's amazing. And I, I, the regulars, you got a whole bunch of other armor debuffs to go with that too. Exactly. 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 Mm-hmm. So, well, we can dream that one day K3 will be relevant. I'd like to talk about Gordon. Gordon is my case for the man that the man whose feet attempts to overcome not just a lackluster spell list, but being focus five. 
So it's not that his spell list is the worst because Rockwall is a great spell. It's it a is. phenomenal spell, and Solid Ground, Solid Ground. is a useful yeah. spell. But yeah. limiting those spells to a 10-inch control range and really being only able to do two things. I'm like speed I can, four. <laughs> I'm speed four. Yeah, exactly. Being speed four, being able to apply Rockwall so limitedly, and recasting Rockwall, which is what you're going to want to do because you're going to need it in one place one turn, and you're going to want it in a different place on the next turn. Mm-hmm. Um is is very difficult, especially if he wants to run anything but an Earthbreaker that Thor is tuning up. If if all he's got is an Earthbreaker and Thor's tuning it up, okay, great. Focus five. That's kind of enough to get the job done. But if you want a couple drillers and a couple bunnies and maybe a basher, you know, like a, a well-rounded battle group, it becomes really hard for him to do anything. But his feet, and his feet is ball-busting. If you can apply it correctly, and it will, it and my problem with all my Gorton experience is that I always feed too early. I get the game going. <laughs> I feel like I need to have a turn where I need to slow my opponent down. They're getting too much ground on me uh, because I'm speed four. <laughs> they can gain all that ground. Um, I'm yeah. gonna feed now, and I get some value out of the feed, but I don't win the game. And I feel like if I could if I could be a better Gorton player and hold that feat to turn four or five, where I feet on enough stuff where my we've all had to commit now. We're all in the middle of the table now. You're going I'm gonna catch seventy percent of what you have in my feet. Then I've got a lot of ability to just turn the tide of the game. And I feel like Gorton's feet isn't boring like Magnus's feet is. Magnus' feet uh-huh. is like, okay, here it is. Can you yeah. solve the puzzle? It's can I create how what kind of puzzle can I create? I'm gonna move your guys either to me, to the left, the right, or back. And I've I've had a really fun feat turn where one game I brought eight models together by feeding sideways and I was able to just go, Okay, now the Earthbreaker's gonna just they all had tough and I shot them with the Earthbreaker, now they're all dead. Have fun. Um that kind of fun setup is that I ended up losing the game later. Uh because one of the other problems with Gordon's feet is since it's so short, Gordon needs to get up there. He needs to get in there. You got to charge something. You got to move him up with the iron head and get him all the way in the center of the table where he can apply the feet and the war, war beast can get to him next turn and kill him. Um, but anyways, no, thoughts but, on Gordon and his uh, feet overcoming his spell list. I don't think it's enough because focus five is just so hard. No, and it's, it also faded a lot. I played a ton of Gorton back in the days. I, I started the whole game in 2009 with with his uh, battle box, and I loved it to, to pieces, and I played it a lot. Back then also, I would say that we played smaller games, typically, or at least equal-sized games were smaller than now, because now we have all the free options, etc. Um, and, and all the models are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. But... Anyway, so he cannot charge his own guys. He cannot be slammed by his own jacks, which I did a lot. Um, he cannot be thrown by his own jacks. Um, so that's that limits his his mobility quite quite a lot. Uh, there was a joke that he has the gutter on on his uh, on his gun to be able to charge uh, one of his jacks and not damage damage them. Uh, so that's because it's all the power now. So that's that's why right. it's there. Uh, now it's not happening anymore. And the other thing is that if you look at the, the scenarios nowadays, it's much, much so more different. Out. So spread out. And it's almost like the opposite of what we had 
like I don't know five years ago when when you typically had one shape in the center and then something scattered around it. Now it's on the two sides a huge empty emptiness in the middle with probably some kind of loss blocker or or even a house, a rock or something like that in the center of the board, which again kills his feet. So because you cannot pull things through it. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, how the, the the scenarios changed and how the the rules changed uh, in MK3 really really faded his his feet. I I love the guy and I would love to play him, but and his spell list is not even bad. But as you said, focus five and all the limitations. His feet should be I mean I don't know double the strength to be able to overcome all these these problems in my opinion. You should have resourceful on him. Mm-hmm. Most of his upkeeps are battle group related, anyways. That would help alleviate a lot of his focus problems. And yeah. I don't think it would make him very overpowered because their big concern is giving his feet 12 inches. And eh, I don't think it's very as strong as it was in the current, especially with how spread things out. Like he can do really good on bunkers, but King of the Hill, he just kind of loses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either giving him resourceful or something like uh, Silvestro has, where he's got a way to cast a spell for free, mm-hmm. um, so that maybe he could chuck out an eruption every turn or something like that, and get a little and have a little bit more to do as a caster, um, like put out some shots with his gun and, and then an eruption, and then upkeep his spells and keep going. Um, yeah, because they don't want to make it a 12-inch feat, and that's part of the reason why Mercs don't have. I imagine that's part of the reason, him and Magnus too, why Mercs don't have a caster attachment that increases their control range, like many yeah. of the other factions have. I would agree with that sentiment. And the problem is, anything that I would want to see come out for the game, uh, hey, this Gorton, if this piece came out for the game, it would really improve Gorton and really put Gorton on the table. Everyone would go... Oh well, that would go great with Austin, and he'll take it. Turn it up to eleven, and then you know, like, and here we go. And Gordon will just be back where he was, second place to Austin, as he as he always is, as far as Dwarfcaster goes. Um, yeah. So just kind of like distilling what we've been kicking about and talking about as far as feats and spell lists goes, it feels like the ingredients to a spell list for it to really shine are. Hit and damage fixers, uh, threat extenders, and then um, survivability. And the ability to apply all three of those things every turn over the course of an entire game does more to win games than a feat that's designed to win the game right then and there. Like Magnus's or Gorton's feat, where it's often like, I'm going to try to leverage my positioning so that when I feat, that's the game right then and there. Um, Absolutely, you guys... and that's that's the exact sentiment I have in that regard. So, so yeah, and, and, and that's probably part of the reason why Fiona, well, Fiona has an amazing feat and an amazing spell list. So, how did that happen? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not that she's I'm not, complaining. I, yeah, but I, I think now she's considered a, an S tier warcaster, uh, war which yeah. we never had in in uh, in Mercs. I, I thought people always would consider Osram been... an S tier at one point, or maybe was he only ever A? 
Uh, Austrian's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can make a strong case for everything. Him. Or as many times as you wanted. <laughs> right. When um, you could bulldoze I, someone's caster six inches closer to you. Yeah. I think uh, Ostrom is probably still S tier. Um, he's just not the standout right now that Fiona is. Him losing access to ruling stuff in Irregulars, where he was getting the things that he wanted and stuff that he could feed on, was 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 challenging. Because I, I, yeah. I get why the Irregulars nerf happened, and I'm not asking for it to be reversed. No one was playing any other themes. Um, uh, I, but, I agree. But not being able, but playing in Irregulars and basically not having access to any weapon masters, not having access to, to, to any, to, to his artillery, just to all the, the extra little things that, that were great about playing in irregulars has pretty much pigeonholed him to hammer strike where he gets everything he wants. And hammer strike has its problems. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that he's caught a little bit of a comeback right now in irregulars. Thanks to Gatsby and Uh Nemo. Um, Gatsby providing an extra threat extension. Nemo can bring a diffuser. Um, I think that he might have a little extra game in uh, Irregulars he didn't have a couple months ago. Um, yeah, Gatsby, very, very Gatsby 4 is going to open up a lot of stuff. Gatsby 4 and Nemo 4 in Irregulars is going to open up a lot of stuff, I think, for people. There's yeah, going to be I, a I lot of interesting decisions. Have, have put Irregulars back on the map. Yeah. That's a strong theme. But I would, I would really like him to stay in in uh, hammer strike and and still be viable and uh, gordon and heck durgan exists so they should be better in in other themes so there would be some variety even if you play all uh ruler casters you, you would have a different um aspect of the game and different theme forces with them so that that would i would prefer that <laughs> to be honest that's that's fair. I think it's hilarious yeah. that if I put Gatsby four in a list with Gorton in Irregulars, you're gonna look at the table and you're gonna wonder who the junior is and who's the real Warcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, hey, I think this was uh, this is great, and we're reaching a good time to go ahead and wrap up now. Um, I know that we're all playing from home these days, especially with everything going on with the COVID-19 and, and all the craziness of lockdowns and everybody else. So um, I'm pretty sure most people are playing on Vassal. So if you're listening and you've never played Vassal before, you guys can reach out to any of us. We're happily, you know, like, Hey, here's Vassal and point you in the direction of either the COVID-19 league or something like that, where there's lots of people who are probably, if they're not, you, it's too late to join the league, but there's a ton of people that are looking to play Vassal games on a regular exactly. basis. And yes. um, if, if you want to get a game on Vassal, there's somebody available pretty much 24 seven. Exactly. Nowadays. Yeah. And if you are getting frustrated with Vassal crashing, you can do what's called a P2P connection. It requires a little bit of network savviness. So you need to be able to open up your ports. And if you have a firewall, an actual firewall, not just a router at your place, you're going to need to understand NAT traversal and some of the other things there. But doing a direct connection to your computer will alleviate the stress. Because right now, if you look on, say, I'm in Eastern time. If I look in the evening times on Eastern time, there'll be a thousand. The other night, there was over a thousand games going on Vassal across all of the modules. So that's why Vassal servers crash because <laughs> it wasn't yeah. built for that. But you have um, a but you have a step by step guide to how to do that, and I think you can um, 
email it to to anyone or, or send yeah or send I'm, happy to, I'm happy to share um i put the step-by-step guide in the COVID 19 vassal league and i'm happy to share it with anybody who wants it and i can give a little bit of walkthrough um i'm not your it guy so i can't help you with everything you're going to have to have a little bit of ability to google for how to do your firewall or your router and get the forwarding set up but i can tell you how everything in vassal works and how how that is all designed to go but um um i don't think we have anything else uh it is palm sunday and so easter's next weekend so anybody listening have a happy easter if you celebrate easter with your family and if you don't celebrate easter i i have or one week sunday. later <laughs> <laughs> or, or one week later yeah is it you celebrate it one week later yeah yeah oh, okay yeah see well see i don't and yeah, there we go well a week later after that celebrate celebrate easter with with your family if you're uh, orthodox and um anyways uh that's all we got so from the three of us i'd have a great one and take care take care everyone take care <laughs>